0: This is what worked for Dusty to become an over 300 pound human being. And if you're not over 300 pounds yet, uh, muscle that is, and you've done everything you can do and you haven't tried these ideas, then that's what I, I we really wanted to bring this to you. You know, our channel is all about just trying to educate I want you guys to be the best that you can be. I want you to be safe when you're using gear. I want you to make the best possible gains that you can. So like I said, we're not trying to sell you anything. I just want to show you something that I know could be really beneficial to a lot of you out there. Maybe you already are Phil Heath size. In that case, you're just listening to this for fun, but I doubt you would
1: have gotten an hour in if you're already there because you already know what to do. You know what I'm saying, Dusty? Absolutely. No, I agree a million percent. And that's something that I try to push on my page a lot is this is just what I do. And this was topic people had asked about. So again, take the pieces you learn from here that are of value, take them, throw the rest away and and find the program that works for you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Think Big Bodybuilding Media. I'm Scott McDaily. And of course, I'm with Mr. Progressive Overload, Dusty Hanshaw. How do you like that intro? I like that. I like that. It feels a little weird without Ron though. It's really odd, but at least none of us are in the middle. Yeah, it's true. That. So we're and fine. We're fine. As Ron would say, uh, we got to do the thing. He'll
0: say something like that. Oh, uh, we got to do the thing. Uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, and... Ring the bell. I can still do that. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> and of course, guys, uh, we're brought to you by all of our advertisers today. So thank you to Mutant, use code Dusty20, or if you want, Big round 20, either of those will work. And let's shout out True Nutrition, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code think. And um, you know, speaking of true nutrition owner, Dante Trudel, he was a big part of really getting you into heavy progressive overload. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. If there was a show we could have Dante on with us, this would be it, Dusty. This would yes. be the show. The, the reason I wanted to have you on and do this though, is you know, I have a client and that um He's he's doing a push-pull legs, progressive overload type split, and he you know, tells me everything's going good, everything's going good, and then he doesn't talk about his training for a while, and then he comes to me and says, hey, I want to go to something else because I, I've been trying progressive overload, and I've been stuck at the 60-pound dumbbells on bench press for two months. Right. I was like, well, what do you mean? You've just been trying? He said, yeah, I just pick up the 60s and I try to get more, and it's just not working. So I see things like that. I put up a thread at Patreon. People are saying, I've tried progressive overload. My joints hurt. Uh, I continue getting injuries. Now, mm-hmm. I thought it would be really good to dig beyond the surface as to how do we actually make progressive overload work for us, not get hurt. Make it continue to progress and, and make the at the end of the day all we 're trying to do is grow the most muscle
1: possible right you know it's funny because there are only a million ways we can start this yeah, <laughs> right this conversation and how to build the programs you know mm. because um, none of these things are wrong or right, but things to think about so when you look at you know for example, my programs in the way that Dante had me function. We didn't use any weights that were gonna put me into a position like a dumbbell. because let's be straight, when you're when you're doing a press, you've only got ten pound increments, five pounds aside. Okay Now, if you're fortunate, you go to a gym that's an old school gym and you have metal dumbbells. And if you have that, then you can go on Amazon and buy one pound plates that literally are magnetic, <laughs> yep, and connect to them, which I've done that. fantastic, good way to go. If you're not, then that's where I relied. My whole career was barbells, Smith machine, and machines. Okay, That was everything we did. And the reason was just that, was it did allow for me to really break down the increments. It also allowed me to train alone um, safely, but pushing past the line. I think there's one thing that people don't realize is uh, the majority of people who are listening to this right now will tell you that they train hard. And they do for what they understand they're capable of. But if you turn around and you were to walk into the gym with a Dante Trudell, with me, with a Jordan Peters, you're going to see that they will say you have more left than you think. You know, yeah. you, you don't really have that depth um, of range. So on the subject of your client in particular, one of the things that gets missed is he's walking to the gym saying, I'm going to do one more rep or one more pound for sure with these dumbbells. I grab the 60 every day. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, You're going to have to be a little more creative with progressive overload. So let's make up a number. How many reps would you say he was getting with those sixties? Just make up a number. Let's say eight. Okay. He's getting eight reps. Now, obviously, I mean, you guys got to remember eight reps to go up. One rep is a ton of like, if you're doing percentages on how much that bump is, it's actually a ton. I mean, what would that be? 12.5%, 12.5%,
0: something like that, yeah.
1: Increase right then and there. I mean, this week do your job and next week go up 15%. In, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or, or anything in the world. Like, think of how big that is Yeah. for just one more rep. Well, he can't go one more pound because there aren't, you know, 61 pound dumbbells in his gym. And I'm just going to pretend that his are the rubber so he can't add the, the thing. Okay. But what you can do is say, okay. I've hit the wall, I did this two weeks in a row, and I got the eight reps. Something's gotta give. So next week you say to yourself, all right, let's 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 change our rep range goal. Yes. Okay, because Scott's got me doing eight to 10 on this heavy set, and I'm not getting past it. All right, let's dump the weight down, and let's do 10 to 12 for my heavy set. Bump my drop back set, I'm assuming you're doing drop backs drop my bump you know drop my drop back set down in weight as well and maybe make that one 13 to 15 reps yeah now he's going to go use the 50s or the 55s and get there <clears throat> now at this point let's just say that he does reach his 12 rep goal and it takes him 3 weeks to get there relatively safe assumption that when he goes back to that 60 he will be able to get 9 reps Here's where I run into an issue when the reps are that low, particularly with like a dumbbell. Cool. Well, next week he's or two weeks from now, because I know you got an A on an A B program, he's not gonna be able to do 10 reps still. Because again, that's still an enormous jump. Yeah. So what I would rather he did was with those 50s or 55s that I said, all right, get 10 to 12. Let's say he gets to that 12 rep range and he's like, all right, you know, I got it. All right, rather than going back up, why don't we now say, okay. Let's try to get to 10 to 12 reps with these 50s or 55s, but we're going to do a four count negative. And I always have to specify this when I say it. four count is not four seconds. Okay. So four count is four, three, two up. Okay. So it's, it's just controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he'll probably find that he just did 12 when he was doing them normal. Now he's back down to 10. Okay, now when he gets back up to 12 with that controlled negative, I can almost guarantee you when he bumps up to the 60s, goes back to his original pace again, not sloppy, but his original pace, he's going to find himself in that 10 rep range now, which is the high end of his original eight to 10 rep range you had him on. And at that point, I'd say, okay, cool. Well, now in two weeks, we're going to shoot for 11, you know, but it's always finding a way to say. You're, you're really trying to like ram your head into a wall. That's not going to work. Yeah. Because even if he, you know, even if he pulled a rabbit out of the hat after four weeks of missing and somehow got nine reps, well, two workouts for now, two chest workouts for now, you're not getting 10. Right. So you've got to be realistic about two things. Number one, you don't always have to go up and wait there can be better form, you could be connected better, there's other things to pay attention to while you're doing it. And what I really try to push people with, and I'm kinda gonna go broad here just cause there's so many topics is, a lot of people talk about injuries with progressive overload. Right. Well, what comes with those injuries, the reason that those take place is because you are literally saying, and I'm gonna stick with these dumbbells right now. Okay, I gotta get nine reps today cause I got eight for the last four weeks. And you let yourself get sloppier. Well, even if you get 10 reps today, you didn't get stronger. Your reps got uglier. They need to look the same. You know what I mean? To truly be having progressive overload, you wanna keep as many of the variables consistent as possible. You know, another example would be yeah. you, you do your last warm up set, and then you take two minutes before you do your working set this week. And you do it and you get your rep. And then next week you take seven minutes.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, of course you're going to like, are you stronger or are you more well rested? You know, you really do want to keep an eye. And I'm not overly anal about it. Like I didn't like have a time or anything, but my training partner, I always trained with someone. So it was easy to kind of go, okay, I go. He goes, he puts the straps on, he goes, he does a set, he racks, we undit we change the weight between mine and his. We change it back between his and mine. Yeah. It's time to go. Yeah, but then you know you're I mean? you're ready. Give or take, you know, so so you're pretty solid. If you train alone, I actually do suggest like right like this week, for example, um, I'm training Nikki, I'm out of the gym right now, I'm taking a week off. Okay. So I literally would tell her after like a heavy set, I'd be like, All right, two minutes is the minimum time you're gonna wait. So the alarm would beep, and I'd go. It beeped, and she's like, right, "I'm ready," and she'd go. But it might be 2:30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keeping it close is the point. So
0: that time goes faster than you think when you're fatigued, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: yeah, no, How on. do you how do you stay honest? With your reps, because that was another thing that somebody brought up on Patreon. They said one of the issues they have is they begin a, getting a little looser with their form, you know, in order to get stronger. And and you see that. That's my biggest fear with guys that are new to progressive overload. They 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 constantly they tell me, oh yeah, I'm progressing. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I see what their sets looked like on week one, and I know that they're <laughs> using good technique. And six weeks later, they tell me, oh yeah, things are going up. Eight weeks later, things are going up. I said, let me see a video again, and then. And when I look at that video. They're they're not doing anything near what they were initially. So not everybody has a coach that's keeping an eye on them. You know, what, what does somebody do in the gym in order to, to
1: be honest with themselves? So, I mean, there's a lot of things. Number one, let's just assume that you, because you want to be honest, that you're going to keep your range of motion proper. Yeah. Okay. And when I say proper, uh, I, I like to drive this home because everyone's range of motion is different. Like my range of motion on an incline barbell, somebody might say, well, that's not a full range because hmm. I never come all the way down to my chest ever. Never have, never will. It's funny because I used to post about it and John Meadows would tell me, oh yeah, me neither. I never did a proper incline bench either, you know, because there was no reason to stretch further. But the point is whatever it was when you started your progression, that's what okay. it needs to stay. So you should be able to police that on your own without being full of, you know what, unless you're, Just trying to cheat yourself. And that's what you got to remember. Lying to the logbook is not, you're just lying. Like you didn't get stronger. So do that part on your own. And then what I was a big proponent of was exactly what I just said about the four count negative. Uh Whether I trained alone or with my partner, as soon as the bar started coming down, it was four, three, two, up. And I used to some people say, Oh, it's so hard for me to count doing that. Yeah. Because there's so many numbers in my head and this and that. And I'm like, all right, we'll make it simple. Four, three, two, one. Four, three, two, two. Four, three, two, three. Yeah, you are going to know where your last one was. But uh, when I trained with a partner, now when I train with Tommy or Matt, they actually counted the negatives for me. Okay, so they would ignore my pace, and I had to keep up with their count. Okay, yeah, that's great. You know. So that made it really, really easy. But there's been plenty of times I've been on the road or whatever and had to do it on my own. And and you just be straight with it. But that really, really does help. Um, and there's one of those things where you can tell it. I mean, if you listen to some of my old videos, you'll hear me. It'll be like four, three, two, and I'm about to say one, and my partner's moving again. I'm like, slow it down. Yeah. Like, when I say one or two or whatever that last number is, that's when you start going back up. You know, or if they pause at the top, I'm like foot, and then they start moving. I'm like four, three, two. You know what I mean? You're trying to keep that that consistent. So, those are the big things. And then another thing is, and I know a lot of you guys, um, especially the old school guys, have a real issue with bringing your phone to the gym and tr- filming training. Mm. I understand, but it's a mistake. Like, I literally film every working set I do. Um, aside from what i just can't but for the most time i really do and i don't post them all it's literally just to make sure you know especially once i'm training hard was that truly to failure because there will be times just like you said scott and this this even happens to me where um in in my peak you know i'm doing a deadlift or something and i i put it down like ah i was form was slipping and i look at the video i'm like form was not slipping yeah yeah and it's but it's good to have that for yourself you know what i mean you want to know very very key and that kind of keeps you honest so you don't have to do it all the time that's obviously over the top and i train in the middle of the day so it's very easy but every now and then you should just check all of your important lifts like what does that form really look like because you'll be shocked how often it looks different in your head you know i've had i'm sure you've had this clients are like they send the video and they go I swore I was done, but I watched the video and I know you're going to tell me I wasn't.
0: Yeah and you know what I tell people that because you know, I get it I get the whole like I don't want to be one of those d-bags in the gym that have their tripod out and all that I get it I, I started shooting video when I built my home gym because it's easy I have a tripod that's just living in the gym you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I just have it set up when I bring my camera we're talking on right now I just take that over snap it on shoot the video yep. and when I'm done I, I'd rewatch that to learn and the way I try to put it to people is like every good uh, sports team they all Play the tapes back. You know, if you're watching football or soccer or whatever, uh, hockey, you know, all these guys, they're all playing the tapes back because we can learn from that. And at my best, I would watch that video of like my top set over and I'd watch it multiple times and just Uh see like, I'm going to beat this. I could see like maybe I, maybe, maybe for me, I got 11 reps, but that 10th and 11th rep was maybe not quite as tight. As I would like Mm -hmm. it to be. And I know that I can't get another rep. I mean, I'm going to try. But regardless whether I get another rep or not, the next time I do this lift, those last two reps, I'm going to own them. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be better. That will be perfect. And that will be a form of progression, you know?
1: Yeah, so that's a great point because what I advise my clients to do is, okay, say say we're doing a four-count negative on our incline barbell. And at 10, you're... You can't get 11 with the same exact form. Yeah. But if you rack it now, you're also not done. Yeah. So I tell them, all right, don't get sloppy, but loosen the form a little and get that one or two more reps. But now their logbook would say, you know, 335 times 10 plus 2. Plus 2 is those were my, you know, loose reps. So the, the hope is, again, the next time that they come in for that movement, it's, you know, 335 times 11 plus two plus right. one or just done. Yeah. You know, so it's it's understanding which point you're at. And I think that those are enormous things because that, again, keeps you honest. Like you said, your, your logbook tells you because that's the other thing. And one of the questions or comments that you sent me um, from the Patreon was you know, I'm, I'm trying to do progressive overload, but I'm not keeping track. And I'm like, "Yeah." well then you're not doing it because I, number one, if you're truly doing progressive overload, you cannot be doing the same workouts in seven days. It's not how it works. You can't expect to go right back to that bench press as your first movement a week from today and do it again and beat the reps. It's just not enough time, you know? So How I always did it um, when I was running DC was I actually had an A, B, and C workout. Okay. And what we had was I'm completing the entire body in three days. A true push-pull legs. And I'm training four days a week. Whatever got hit on Monday, let's call it the A workout. Okay. The workout is now Friday. The what workout
0: is Friday? Sorry.
1: E workout of the same movements. Oh, okay, you know? yeah, yeah. That means those are different, I should say the same body parts. Right. Different movements, same body part. Now when you fast forward to next week, because I always trained a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday split, what was now was once a week ago was a Tuesday workout, is now a Monday workout. Yeah. Because obviously you finished on Friday. And again, now that Monday workout, Friday's workout is different. So what's happening is it's actually the fourth workout between day one then you got a second workout then a third workout is your next time trying to beat original numbers that gives you enough time to make sure you're getting stronger because i feel like it's a mistake to say my bench isn't getting stronger and i'm benching yeah you know okay but what else are you doing because when i come back to the smith barbell press i've done a so that's a we're going to call it a a regular incline smith barbell well, I've also done a regular incline hammer strength on my B workout. I've done a regular incline barbell press on my C workout. And now I'm back to that Smith incline. Yeah. Well, that means I've had all those workouts in between to make me stronger and the time. So when I go to that workout, I'm ready to beat the number with a rep or a pound or tightened form or a loose rep. Like I said, I mean, you. as long as you're honest with yourself, those things are in play. And keep in mind with form, especially because a lot of people talk about injuries, there are certain things we all know. If you're doing a deadlift and it starts to look like you're a Great Dane taking it in the backyard, <laughs> we're now in the danger zone. Yeah. Drop yeah. the bar. You know, so we, again, that's another thing. If you are fortunate enough to have a great training partner and you're doing progressive overload, it's fantastic because, you know, I I was fortunate enough to have two guys, Tommy and Matt that were both machines in the gym. Oh yeah. They would go. So what it meant sometimes was they're going up for a rep and then they come down and they're doing a deadlift or something and they start driving up and I'd go drop it and they just, boom. That means I've seen your, your, your stance change or your low back roll or whatever. Just trust me. We ain't chasing that rep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's uh, another benefit to that. If you have that option, if you don't, just be honest, you know, it's it's relatively simple. I've never had an issue knowing when form slipping and you want to err on the side of being too cautious. Like I said, I have many times said my form slipped and then look in the mirror and went, or I mean, the video and go, oh, no, it didn't. But I'm still glad I put it down. Yeah.
0: Well, what you about, uh, now? you mentioned the logbook and the value of it. Do people need to absolutely log book every exercise they do?
1: Uh, well so everything I did was progressive. Okay. So for me the answer was yes, for most of you no. Okay. So cuz for example, like we talked about the dumbbells, I was not doing a dumbbell spider curl and okay. expecting to increase reps. Yeah. You know. I'm doing things where I can use a little body English and and move some weight to do those things. So, uh, and and this is another area where I'm sure I have clients that are like shaking their head right now because nothing we're talking about applies to them. Uh, I don't write every routine the same. Of course, So I have clients that are dumbbell curling all over the place. I would not record those. I would not, because again, you're not trying to walk in a week from today when you did the 40s for 12 and do them for 13. Yeah. but let's say you've got a drag curl you know uh rest pause set that's part of that workout. yeah log that one we want that logged. you know if you're doing triceps i don't need you to talk about your rope press down don't care yeah yeah it's it's i mean i always joke that a rope press down is for your elbows not for your triceps like i'm just getting them moving because i'm about to lay on the ground with (laughs) you know 200 and something pounds and do some dead skulls i'm recording that one yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, though, is it's not bad, too. So if you're somebody who likes that, record right. them all. You know, it's it's not hurt, hurting you. But I find the most powerful part of a logbook that people don't understand is. So your workout, this is where I think most people who do progressive overload and <clears throat> can't click with it or don't do it right, fail. Yeah. My workout started long before I walked into the gym. <clears throat> So, I mean, and again, I'm very aware that we have very fortunate um, situations with it being my job and as far as lining up time perfectly and all those things. But let's just say you go straight to the gym from work, okay? Right. Well, what I would suggest is you drive to the gym, you get to the gym, you get to the parking lot, you get your music going, you start sipping on your pre-workout and you go to your logbook and you pull up the numbers you did last time and you write them down on today's logbook. So, you did incline barbell two twenty five for seven, three, and two, meaning a rest pause set seven reps, three reps, two reps. Right. Okay. Then you write next to it equals twelve. That was LT last time. Yeah. Underneath of it, you write TT for this time. Then you go down to the next one. You write it down. The next one. Now you read it. What do I have to beat today? I knew what I was going to do before I got to the gym. I had a plan because again, my logbook was written well. If it said plus twos and you know, knowing something got a little sloppy, I'm like, okay, I'm not going up today and wait, Yeah, but I'm getting at least one more of those clean reps. And I have it in my head. And I was so obsessive, Scott, that I didn't want to beat 12. I wanted to beat seven. Okay. And then I wanted to beat three. And then I wanted <laughs> to beat two. Now you're not always going to beat all of those. Yeah. <clears throat> But it makes sure. So when I get under that bar on my first attempt, I'm like eight, eight, eight. I might get seven. So I rack it. I'm like, okay, now we're behind the eight ball here. Yeah. Now it's got to be four. It has to be four. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And it does really help. And I think so many people overlook those little details. It's like, you know, when we do, when I do rest pause, I do 15 deep breaths, which takes roughly 32 seconds. Okay, kept track. Um, (laughs) 32, not 31, (laughs) not 33. But, you know, so it was just a deep breath in, pause, let it out. But during that time, I'm breathing, I'm walking over, I'm taking one more glance at that logbook. I know what I need to get, getting locked in. I'm putting, you know, like Ron always teases me because I would always take my wrist straps off, loosen them and then check the logbook sit back down, tighten them back up as if they needed to be loosened. They're on for like 20 seconds, it's Great. not a big deal. But again, it was all part of my process. And I think that so many people, you know, you guys, you, you can't think you're going to get progression like Dorian Yates and treat your workout like your 16 year old daughter, hmm. unless she's my daughter, cause she's insane. But um, <clears throat> you know, you have to walk into the gym with a plan and be ready to execute, and and same thing, you know. Funny because I just brought her up, but the other day she's like, "I had a terrible leg workout," and I was like, "Why?" Like you you live at the gym, yeah? Like I was pissed. Like what are you, what are you doing? And she's like, "Well, I was busy all day, and I didn't get my water in, and uh. I didn't really eat, and I'm like, well, you're an idiot, <laughs> like." What you, it's fatherly
0: you know, advice. You know, yeah, <laughs>
1: don't be an idiot. Um, but the the point is, is how many of y'all that are listening to this, they're struggling with progressive overload, can say that you made sure you were eating on time, that you got your water today. And I understand, again, that you guys are not professional bodybuilders and things happen, but you can say at the end of the day, okay, listen, I'm a little behind, Right. so let's... Let's bring some aminos to work and some salt and just have them there. Sit at your desk or whatever the hell it is you do. Slam a liter before you leave the office. Let's make sure we get that hydration back in place. Did we get our meals in? Okay. Are we a little behind? And for example, me, I need long gaps between eating and training. I just do. I don't like to feel full. I don't want to put my, I don't get nauseous. I just don't want to feel bloated at all. Okay. So I used to have like a two hour gap. Really? When I, before training, I love to do that. See, I would be um, starving.
0: I would literally yeah. halfway through my workout, I'd be starving and going hypo by that point. Yeah.
1: I would be hungry during workouts, and that's how I liked it. But okay. Let's say something happens and, you know, there's traffic and I was pushed back. Yeah. I'd be in the car and I'm like, okay, I can't get to the gym with three hours. And back when I owned the stores and was working crazy hours, I'm like, I also can't push this workout back. Yeah. Because I'm not getting any sleep. So I'd like, okay, I bet you I can eat four ounces of this chicken right now. Okay. And that'll keep me full. My post-workout meal just lost four ounces of chicken because I'm on a diet and that's fine. But I made sure, you know what I mean, to kind of, how can I keep this as similar as possible? Yeah. And I really think that it, 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 it's, it sounds like overthinking, but again, you're asking, because when you're progressive overloading, you really are, it is the best you can be. So you can't ask yourself on week seven, to be better than you were on weeks four, five, and six, coming into it lesser. You mm. know, I mean, yeah. Think of it like racing cars. If I said, "Hey, you know," I'm purposely making something that doesn't make sense, but oh, you're racing a V8 today. Well, two went out, so it's a V6 today, and we're going to pretend it would still work at all. Yeah, you're like, that's not going to. It's work. not going to be the same car. Gonna- yeah, yeah. I'm not driving the same car. Same thing, or hey, I know we usually use jet fuel, but right now we just have 87. So yeah, have a good race, make it work. And let's yeah. beat your record. Right, that's not how it works, you know. So so you really want to keep those things in mind, and I and again, I know it sounds like a lot for somebody who's like, dude, I got kids, a job, a wife. It's not. It's it's a manu- It's a matter of managing it all down, because like we talked with Dennis the other day, and we asked, what's the difference? He's like, people aren't obsessive enough.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: You're, you you a lot of you guys are wanting a top 10% physique. I'm going to go low. Okay. 10% physique. Well, then you have to be willing to do what the 90% aren't. Hmm. So maybe you can't take all of my advice, maybe it's too much, but step back and say, "Well, yeah, I could do better with hydration." You know, I could spend a minute with my logbook before we walk in, you know, cuz again, we've talked about this a ton Scott, but like people come in, they're on a conference call. Yeah. Then they're dealing with their daughter, and then they walk in and like, we're benching today, right? And then they go sit down on the bench and they're like, well, wow, I had a weird workout today."
0: Dude. Let me ask I you this. You're
1: busy. 5 minutes to just shoo, yeah. get in the get zone. Into get into this, and it doesn't, you know, I I joke now because I used to be, and I'm sure we've all been there, I'm sure people listening have been there. I used to be like I had to have the music and the right song and come to the gym and you know, and now I can turn that switch on and off, but yeah. I still want a minute, you know. Yeah. Now it's seconds. Like we're doing legs on Sunday, and I'll just look over at the bar with nine plates on it and go, Okay. You know, and, and I just, and sometimes, you know, I'll real quick, even now, now that I'm back to doing this, I'll look back to logbook, like, oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> gotta get 11. Okay, here we go. You know, but it's good because you do, you come in and commit to that. And I really don't think, you know, and I know this is kind of a long ramble, but I don't think people realize when they go to the gym and they say they train hard, I don't, I do not disagree with them. But if you go in and you're doing logbooking, and i say how was your squat today and you say it was the best squat i've ever had in my entire life thank you i'm like oh well that's more than hard then it's the best you've ever been yeah that's undeniable you know and i think that that's an area i say you know so much I want to point that out to you guys before you point it out to me. Um, <laughs> Comment below if you already noticed Dusty saying, if you, guys you know. Can keep track of how yeah. many times and re- shoot it back here. Yeah. No, but It's one of those things where you really can catch yourself um, and, and do much better with just a couple little steps.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Dusty. So let's say that somebody is in that position where they just had a crap day at work and they had to work extra and their food is messed up. Uh, they're training four days a week. Would you be opposed to them taking today off if they knew that they just weren't going to be able to keep their crap together and be their best in favor of resetting, doing the same thing tomorrow, assuming that you're not going to miss any of your workouts through the
1: week? I don't know. And I'm not even against. You got to remember, it's it's such an interesting thing. We put ourselves in a box. This is by choice. Okay. And then we act like we're trapped in it. Hmm. I've had times where I went to the gym and it, it wasn't there Yeah, but I needed to train like hmm. I needed to train and I went okay we're gonna just uh, we're just gonna have a chest day today It'll okay so you're not logging this then a day like that like maybe this guy
0: yeah. like at the same scenario but he's like hey man it was such a crap day at work I know I can't be my best but at the same time I need to get in the gym and just tear loose that's still cool
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it like this. I mean, a lot of you guys travel. Yeah. Well, you know, let's let's say you don't travel very often and you go to the gym and they don't have three of the movements you're supposed to do today. Yeah. And you're gone all week. Well, you're not going to take the week off. Well, then just take that whole week and have fun in the gym. Yeah. And know that you essentially gave yourself a week to have a good time. And next week when you get home, you get right back on plan, you know. But don't be if there was another one. But don't be afraid to have those moments. Like you said, sometimes you need to go in and go. It's not today. There's been many times. I mean, I say many, but probably upwards of ten times in my career that I went in the gym. Twice. You start warming it was up two times. I you, <laughs> you start warming up, and then you're like, not today. Yeah. I mean, it's just not there. Your shoulders bother. You, something's off. And like I said, sometimes that's go home. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, when you're fortunate, like, you know, like I was, sometimes it was come back (laughs) later, but, but you do want to be able to have that because you're also setting yourself up for mental failure, Mm. you know, and, and you have to be mindful of just being a bitch also. (laughs) So it's not always going to be perfect, yeah. but there are the days where you're like, my right knee hurts. Yeah. This ain't the day guys, you know? Um, this is the day that you go. Okay, wait a minute. Does anything else hurt? Hmm. Because a lot of us, this is the this is the pitfall I had with progressive overload, and I guarantee you, some of our more hardcore listeners are in this too. You do not want to take your cruise period. Hmm. And it's not because you're trying to be stubborn, because you love to train. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the hardest thing to do is to not go. I always compare it for, for people who love training. It's as hard for us to not go as it is for people who hate to train to go. Absolutely. So you have to say to yourself, wait, wait, wait. You know, I used to always do that. Something would bother me. I'm like, does anything else feel off? And sometimes the answer was no. Okay. Well then we might need to move around some movements just on this body part. Maybe I'm not training chest or shoulders this week at all i just going to give it a week, but I can still do everything else. Again, remember, these are our rules. Hmm. So, you know, if you have a specific injury, I don't like, I shouldn't say injury, a specific pain, sometimes it just needs a week to be left alone. Sure. So you go do your pulls, your other stuff, you take those days completely off maybe, or you touch triceps or whatever it is, you'll be fine. And the big thing to remember is you can't have that big step forward If you're not willing to take the small step back, taking those time periods off is very, very, very valuable. Yeah. I will tell you guys this. So since my coma, back to training, doing my whole thing, I have not needed a single cruise period in almost three years. You're kidding me. Because I'm not training hard. Oh, okay. I'm just going through the motions. Nikki decides to start prepping for a show. I start training. Last week, I'm in I'm in the gym doing back, and I literally told her during, I'm like, "Today's the last day." It it was a Thursday. Okay. I didn't wait till I'm like today. Yeah. And I was so happy. I'm like, I'm finally training hard enough to need a cruise, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I want people to keep that stuff in mind. It's like, and I guarantee when I start back Friday, because again, I'm just doing one week. I'm not an animal like you guys. I don't I'm not training quite that hard one week i start friday i will be stronger than i was the last time i trained on a friday sure for sure um and and because this isn't a true cruise and i'm not training to that level i will start back with the old numbers um one thing that i saw in the question box was how to handle coming back from a cruise this is another area that people mess up on so Let's say that again, I love using incline bench for some reason today. Incline bench, you were doing the 335 rest pause and you were getting 14 reps the last time you came in. Okay. I do not want you to come in and put 335 on the bar and try to beat 14 the first day back. After a break, you're going to, okay. you, what are you going to do? Well, not because you can't. In fact, I've had many clients go, Hey, I went against it and I did it. I totally beat my number. I'm like, I didn't say you couldn't, I yeah. said it was a mistake. Okay. You're limiting how far you can go back up, how many weeks of progression we can have. Oh. So, if you have a 12 week cycle of blast, yeah. where you're training all out, you're doing progressive overload, I go back to like week eight or nine. And those are the numbers I start to beat. Hmm. And this goes back, in my opinion, to proving why the logbook works. Because I just told you, you possibly could beat your week 12 numbers on the first week. But I can almost guarantee if you go to your week nine numbers and just try to beat those, you won't do what would have beat your week 12 numbers. Because again, you're, you're, trying to, you're, you're trying to beat those numbers right there. I want you to push as hard as you can, but you're just going to kind of downgrade a little bit. And then the next week they'll go up. And the hope is that each successive week, week mm-hmm. one versus week nine, you're stronger than you were there. Week two, stronger than week one, not week 10. You know what I mean? Now those numbers are garbage. They don't mean anything anymore. And you start from there. Well, hopefully by the time you're to week five, you're back to beating what would have been your week 12 before. And now we're at week, you know, we're only five weeks in. The odds that you're gonna make that another eight to 12 week blast if you start right back with those original numbers isn't good. And I know a lot of you guys get this, but some really don't. If it could just be linear, you would have videos of guys deadlifting 1500 pounds now. Yeah. Because like, how can you say, how can I tell you guys that I've done progressive overload for my career, but simultaneously tell you the most I've ever deadlifted was 800 and there were times that I was deadlifting 700 again after that. You see what I'm saying? So again, you're starting to manipulate numbers. I think that's another area people forget is you want to be strong in all rep ranges. I think a lot of us get caught up in our our comfort zone of rep ranges. It's like I can do a thousand pounds on a leg press for twelve. Right. Um, that, that's awesome. How many pounds can you do for thirty?
0: It's a different animal when you start getting up there into those you know high double digit numbers twenty five, thirty five.
1: What One about, about it, you're you're battling the mind and the wind. But yeah. what's cool is when you get strong on those, go back to 12. You are going to embarrass those. Numbers. Oh,
0: absolutely. And because your cardio again, is going to be the, the, so strong.
1: You know what I most mean? Most of it's here, too, though. Like, yeah. you know this, Scott. Like, you walk up to a bar and I tell you to get one. Well, you're either going to get it or you're not. Yeah. Like, that's pretty simple. Um, four. Same thing. You're either going to get it or you're not. But when you're at 20 and you feel like you're going to die, and I go, cool. Thirty, yeah, yeah. 10 more, and they're there. Well, n- now you're 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 fighting the voice in your head telling you that I'm an idiot because you're already <laughs> smoked at twenty, and I've asked for fifty percent more, which is asinine. But you're gonna find it. That's where Dante's um widowmakers came from. oh Yeah, the that's my favorite that movement in the world. Understanding widow widowmakers. Maker is because they read Widowmaker set of 20 and they said, got to do 20 reps. Yeah. And they'd go, 17, 18, 19, 20, rack. racked. And they're done. I'm like, no, 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 no. 13, oh shit. Yeah. 14, 15, there's no way. 16, <laughs> there's absolutely no way. 17, this is not possible. I mean, these are the conversations you're having during this. In between each rep, yeah. It's, it's, you know, I used to stop at say I'm you know 15 reps and I'd get two and then you're like okay you just just get one more one more so you get one more you're like you got one more in you one more and you and now you get to nineteen and you're like I'm not stopping at twenty. <laughs> there's gotta there's gotta be two here. Um you know and that's really it's fun because it really gets into your strength mentally but you become when you get in the habit of slaying dragons you are going to be stronger in everything. They're going to be stronger when you drop your rep ranges down. You're going to be stronger in life. Um, I really don't think enough people get the correlation between putting yourself in painful situations on purpose. Yeah. That's powerful beyond the gym, but it does prep you because if you ask me to do eight reps, I'm like, oh, no big deal. When I do a set of 50, I need a minute to think about what I'm about to do to myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just a different thing because you're hitting 30 and you're like, how? Well, how? Because you you have to.
0: And if you're using weight like that... I'm not asking you to get a, like a one rep max. The likelihood of you getting injured with a weight that you can handle for 30 reps is going to be a lot less. You know what I mean? I oh, we sure. A couple things because we, I mean, just to harken back, we, we did have people that said, you know, the wear and tear that they felt, joint issues. I feel like I had a lot more wear and tear and joint issues doing higher volume uh, just from yeah. repetitive use versus... I mean, the likelihood of me getting hurt handling a, a, a dumbbell press with a weight that I could handle to absolute failure progressing, um, it, it was way less. You know, I, I I mean, I'm working within a weight that I can handle even on rep 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I could still stop mm-hmm. and put those down at any given time. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it, I'm not
1: using a weight I can't control, you know. For sure. Well, I think that's the area that people mistake. Um not getting sidetracked, but trying to point something out. I've had people watch me do a lift, and they're like, dude, that was you know, seven reps with 680 pounds on a deadlift. I can't even imagine what you could get for one, and I'm like, it's not what you think. You huh. can't get that many. And let me tell you why I know that. Because when I walk up to 680 pounds or 700 pounds, I know it's gonna go, because I'm shooting for seven. Yeah, for 8. Yeah. There's no mind screw of if I can even pull this off the ground. You know, I, I I misspoke earlier when I said one rep whatever. I didn't actually mean one rep that's I've never done before. That's why I put so much respect to powerlifters because I've never gotten under a bar I didn't know if I could move it. Yeah. Cuz yeah. again, I'm progressing in a higher rep range. When I get 8 reps with 7 plates a side on a deadlift, I don't go to 8 plates a side. Yeah. I go to seven plates a side, not five. And you've handled weight like that, <laughs> hun- like a hundred times at this yeah. point, you know? Yeah, there's no, so, so that is a huge difference. Um, where people, to come back to the question, wear and tear. I'm going to assume you guys are actually training as if you were under my tutelage, and you're truly taking your sets to failure. Well, then you have to lower your volume. Hmm. You can't, I write programs. I can't do all the time because if my clients ah. trained as hard as I do, they couldn't do it either. It took me a minute to get what you're, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So that's the difference. It's like, you know, it, it baffles people and there are certain, I want to, I want to make sure to, to clarify this too. This isn't, um, ego stressing here. It's also how you can connect with the bot with a body part. So, dorian yates has a much better back than i could ever dream of having let's throw genetics out it's just better we're gonna say we're equal here okay okay his back volume was higher than mine yeah now some would argue well then shouldn't you up your volume because his back was better than yours no i got my peak growth and the things that made me click the most with what did i do so a typical back workout this is gonna hurt people's feelings was three sets I would go in i would do a rest pause with a pull movement whether it's a pull up whether it's a rack chin something like that um and then i would do my thickness movement and it would be a smith row a deadlift a rack dead or a smith row or i should say a regular row i think i was at smith two sets the top set and back off i was done yeah you know, I'd have biceps left to do. But point is, is now most people who watch this are like, that is not enough.
0: You didn't start there, though. You know, like no. you, you know, that was where it, you it, got more and more, it and more intense. always
1: be too little for you, is my point. Yeah. You might need seven sets. But if you need seven, you don't need ten. Mm. You have to keep that in mind because, and again, let's argue, Scott, that you train harder than me. Okay. That you you Absolutely. are harder I know I did. than me. <laughs> and you're doing more volume. Okay. because that's what works best for you there's still a point where where you can't go higher because again remember i just told you let's say it's monday and you're training back you're hitting it again friday yeah you cannot annihilate it as if you got seven days between because you've only got four yeah. five we're looking for between.
0: the that trigger for growth right mm-hmm with the the it's, little smallest amount of volume it takes to get that so we can recover fast enough to do it again friday
1: and that's the part that people have a hard time with um and and i <laughs> this is why i was nervous about this topic because it can go so far um on the flip you you know i just watched the other day, uh, jp put up a training video okay uh, i should say multiple sets from his workout and i looked at the volume i'm like whoo! it was a lot he isn't animal in every way we all know that <laughs> yeah um and i mean there had to have been seven five to seven movements okay don't quote okay. me guys but just go back and look and people are gonna go well i he's doing it and he's a monster yeah again factor in this is number one and, and i could say this because jordan's not quite about it. it takes a ton of drugs <laughs> Yeah. Step one. Okay. (laughs) Step two, he's JP. You're not. Neither am I. Okay. Hmm. So he has found for him that that is the perfect way. And looking at his freakish physique, I agree a million percent, but I really need you guys when you're putting together your program. So when you say to yourself, I'm breaking down. Okay. Why don't throw away progressive overload. Where's your volume? Is it hmm. too high? What movements are you doing that you shouldn't be doing, that you should throw away, but for some reason you saw Dusty Hanshaw doing them, you saw JP doing them, you saw somebody doing them, and they've got this muscle you want. Yeah. Nothing's magic. I, I can't tell you, Scott, how many times someone, especially like when I put up like Skull Crashers. Um, well, like D25? For, yeah, and they'll be like, oh man, every time I do Skull Crashers, my elbows feel like they're going to explode. I'm like, well then stop doing them. Yeah, yeah. They are not magic. There is nothing, you know. It's you remember back in the day when people go, If you want big legs, you gotta squat. Yeah, like if I want a giant ass, I squat. (laughs) Like, I loved to squat because it was an ego movement. Oh, yeah, strong as hell. I mean, the gym stops, I'm repping six plates a side for 10. And the only thing that happened was my ass got bigger. Like, I was (laughs) that's a hockey thing, I
0: think, too. The hockey guys, they get. Crazy glutes out of any leg movement, especially yeah. the squats.
1: So then you know you then you have to say, "Uh oh, I got to be that guy." I'm going into the Smith. Okay, sliding my feet underneath of me like completely, and my stance is narrow. And guess what? That's what it took for me to grow.
0: Okay, I yeah. have
1: clients doing progressive overload squatting, so I just want to remind you guys that you need to look at all these factors because if your shoulder is constantly the thing that's going then maybe your the movements that are hitting your shoulder need to be changed. Maybe the volume needs to be changed. But I, I have to tell you, and this is always something that I steal from Dante. Scott, let's say you can do bench press, 405 for two. Okay. I'm going to argue without question that eating the way you ate in your prime for bodybuilding and taking the supplements and all the things you did when you get 405 for 10, you will be bigger. Oh yeah. That's progressive overload. Yeah. You will be bigger if you're doing all the other things and we're assuming everyone that's watching this is is doing the best of their ability, those other things. Then I promise if you are stronger with the same form, you are bigger.
0: One last and question. And
1: stronger for you. That's right. another thing people always get into. It's like, I don't care if that squat is 135 pounds. If it used to be 70, yeah, you've almost went up one hundred percent. That is nasty, and that's the only part of posting videos I hate. Mm. Is people will go, "Oh my god, that was ten plates aside." I'm like, throw that out. What I wanted you to see was at eight, most of you would have stopped, and I did yeah. three more. I don't care if I only. Had, I wish I could erase the weights, and you would just <laughs> yeah. see. Oh, it was the three reps he was showing us, not the 10 plates. Yeah. Because, you know, because that's your progression and you don't want to, it's not a contest. Like, I don't want to go squat with James Hollingshead. But I could beat him in a workout if I added two reps to my number and he added one. Huh. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, so keep that in mind. And again, I'm, you don't compete with anyone else, but you want to remember, like I used to do that and I told you this before when we talked about the show, I've never trained with anyone that was stronger than me in my career as far as daily. Okay. But I can promise you, I knew Tommy's logbook. Yeah. And when Tommy got two extra reps, I was like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I." <laughs> I got to get two extra reps today on my numbers. And sometimes you don't, but it was an extra spur. Yeah. And he was pushing me chasing, and I was pulling him running.
0: You know that's what I mean? awesome.
1: And that's good bodybuilding. You know, I, I, my third best partner of all time had zero, zero desire to ever be a bodybuilder. He just yeah. loved to train. He was an animal in the gym. He was probably. 40% as strong as me.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was, it, it was like, Hey, if the gym's empty, let's use two leg presses <laughs> right. today. Cause this is a pain in the ass. Um, but damn, if he couldn't push me when he get three extra reps, I'm like, son of a, all right. And again, I still have my logbook that I'm trying to beat, but you did get that little extra nudge, you know, and, and I would see improvement from him. And oftentimes when you train with younger guys, their improvements faster than yours. Oh Yeah. Yeah. They have more You're room. Like, they have more room, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what makes it fun. So you were going to say something?
0: Yeah. I've got one more question for you. And and this is something that was also posted because uh, basically guys, I posted a, 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 a made a post in Patreon and I had said, Hey guys, uh, what are the issues you've run into with progressive overload? So Dusty and I had been looking that over and, and we're trying to address a lot of that here. I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, one of the the actual questions was the, the his biggest issue is the mental battle of feeling like you failed when the progression significantly slows down. Um, how do you deal with that? I mean, I, I almost feel like there's two ways you can look at it. you know, but I've seen people who have felt literally like their training isn't fun anymore because they're not able to progress they've like i failed so this workout sucked and i'm not good at this so i would much rather go to a plan where i don't have to think about this and
1: i can just get a good pump every workout you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so this is tricky because now, now to me we're, we're getting into my my weirdness um and, and i have a lot of weirdness for those who haven't figured that out yet but the Tune in every Wednesday for Dusty's yeah. weirdness. How how you choose to look at shit is your fault. Hmm. So if you went into the gym, it's like a it's like a prep. Okay, I'm gonna try to make a parallel. Yeah. You go into a prep and you do everything your coach tells you to do. And this is something I do you can ask my clients every show. Night before the show, these are the questions I ask. Did you cheat on your diet? No. Okay. Did you do every step of cardio or whatever I asked you to do to 100% of your ability? Yes. Okay. Um, Training. Did you train as hard as you possibly think you could have for this show? Yes. Is there anything about this prep you would change? No. Okay. We're fine. I don't care what happens tomorrow because everything that was within your control was handled to the highest level and you know this scott i'm not notice i didn't even talk about placings or other guys better than you beating you sometimes a prep just doesn't work out as well yeah everyone's got their show that was their best ever and once again we did not have linear progression you know i had 2008 i was better 2010 i was better 2011 oh whoops not as good 2012 whoa way worse 2013 (laughs) like that is bodybuilding in every prep i did everything right I would have quit bodybuilding if I took it that way. Yeah. So you just have to ask yourself again, first step, watch this video one more time. Are you planning for your workout perfectly? Okay. Did you push everything you could? Okay. And sometimes it's just time to toss a movement. Mm. Don't marry movements, date them. You know, that's very, very important. Like, Ah, this one ain't working anymore, toss it. Or this rep range isn't working anymore, toss it. You know, it's very important to do that. Look at things. And a lot of people, as you know, they, oh, I'm hitting a wall. I'm going to change my entire workout. I'm like, you're hitting a wall on bench press. Throw away the bench press. Yeah. Bring in a different press. There, new workout. Move the bench press. It's now the last thing you're doing. Start the progressive overload over. Be creative. You're is not what looking you're saying. at those old numbers. It's the fourth movement you're doing now. It was the first before. Yeah, you know, real simple stuff. But in life, and this is the most trite, pathetic thing I'm going to say, you see what you look for. So if you choose to say I fail if I didn't get the extra rep, well, that's on you, dude. I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> like you, you have to say, I literally prepped in every way for this, and I pushed as far as I would. And today, it wasn't there. Yeah. And next week it wasn't there okay we're on week three it wasn't there it's not you your body is telling you to change something or take a cruise week you know so many people that's their biggest thing is they refuse to remember we're human it can't be linear like i i wish that i had kept all my logbooks hmm. because i would love to show people how not linear it was Yeah. Or how you would get away from a movement because it was time and then you go back to it and and first you're getting the rust off and then you're afraid of weights that you used to manhandle and you got to kind of get back into that again. You know, I mean, those are the things that are are part of the process. But at the end of the day, if your primary goal is improvement and size then I will argue that progressive overload is the best way for most people. Hmm. I always have to use the word most before some person comes on here and points out a genetic freak.
0: Yeah, yeah. Such and such didn't use progression.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. But if you really get down to it, and, and if you look at, again, I'm saying as an ocean, as everybody, I can typically tell how someone trains when I see them in shape. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look at Branch Warren's muscle. Yikes! You know, uh, here's going to throw somebody off, and I'm glad I just saw this. Look at Justin Shire's muscle. Yeah. Guess what, guys? He trains progressive. You you guys get confused when you see the way he chooses to do progression because his form is so tight. Yeah. But trust and believe it's progressive overload. It's just within. His flawless form, and it absolutely works for him. I was actually—you'll laugh about this, Scott—but I was going to do a video the week that I decided I needed to stop um, training for this week. The plan was to do rows in flawless form, okay? <laughs> um, because I can do them; I've done them many times. I they can't imagine
0: sp- that. I can't they picture don't that.
1: Smoke my body, okay? The way my rows do. Yeah. So it's not ego that makes me do it. It's results. That is how I get the best results. But if you go in the gym and watch me curl, you'll go, that's super light and Hmm. very focused. That's what gives me the best results for biceps.
0: And then we watch the way you do legs, which is a whole other animal.
1: Yeah. So all of these things over time, I figured out what works best for me. Yeah. And if you looked at the form, you would think different people were walking into the gym because it's like why would you row like you're you know having some sort of an attack (laughs) and then you know and then hack squad so controlled well that's that's how it works best you know so factor those things in but i mean you know again if you look at genetic i did list elites when i was pointing that out but even in your gym typically you can there's a different look to muscle that's just trained harder not sloppier, not heavier but progressively, you know? And I think if you want that look and most of you on here, I think that my hope when I got into bodybuilding was that I could become popular because to a point I'm very similar to the people who are following versus a Phil Heath. Yeah, like We can't, we can't even have a conversation with Phil. He gets bigger arms by watching me train arms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> He doesn't actually actually do it but if he just came to the gym with me and I started curling his arm would get a pump I mean that's just how it works for him you know so uh, I, I really think though if you're if you are serious about growth above all else, you'll find your way to do a successful progressive overload and if it's just about fun and you're not having fun training that way, don't
0: yeah. Or, in my opinion, like I haven't always logged every single exercise I've done. You know, you mentioned you log everything. I, I wouldn't, well, everything uh-huh. unless everything that was like heavy and big, big and basic, uh, uh-huh. even into arms, I, I would log my key movements. Like I would log my meat and potatoes row, my pull down, my dumbbell press and that's really about it that's those were the main things that i found that i wanted to make sure that i could progress on and then i had some variety that i would work around that with other movements but those were the you key control things your
1: volume with the other movements to keep the other ones consistent to keep absolutely your potatoes yeah okay, so that yeah. I, I just wanted to point that out because i hoped i was right on the answer <laughs> um so that is something to point out guys is if you're going to do that scott's way then make sure he was doing the same amount of sets on the extra movements. You know, you you can't decide, okay, this week, including my bench press, I'm going to do these five movements with three sets apiece, and then next week do three movements, and then wonder why your bench press is not – yeah, progressing. You know what I mean. So yeah. the other the other volume needs to be very similar at least.
0: And I guess I'm only pointing that out too, because for anybody that wants to maybe get into it and and is trying to find some sort of middle ground, maybe maybe you'll try just just try tracking one thing. If you're keeping the rest of your workout the same, pick that big basic movement that you're really good at. You know that the muscle just absolutely loves it, and start tracking just that one. If you're not tracking anything, just track that one movement per workout, and maybe you'll fall in love with the idea and and take it further. You know.
1: Well, think about high school. You know when i when I was in high school back in 1926, um, we only tracked squats, bench, and cleans. That's okay. Just tracked. Yeah, and it was still fun, and they still progressed, and I still got bigger because those three movements are essentially full body movements. Absolutely. Um, but that's that's a prime example of what you're saying, Scott. So you you do it's just like I said with the training with as far as the form and the rep ranges and all these things find what works for you and find that ground where it's it's enjoyable and you're getting results because I'll also say that if if what it took for me to be my best as a bodybuilder was to go in and just do little pump workouts and whatever. I would choose to not be a good bodybuilder because I enjoy training too much. I want to train. It's, you know what I'm saying? And, and I say it that way because I would not want anyone listening to this to end up not enjoying training because they were told this is the best way to grow because it's not worth it then. That's a bad trade. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're doing this for for more than just muscular growth. So make sure it's enjoyable. But I just found for me and the reason it worked for my personality was I enjoyed the scoreboard. Yeah. Because I was very clear in the understanding that early on in my career, my shows were 2 years apart. And it was it would be too hard for someone that's like a half Like I'm I'm like a two-year-old. I have no attention span. To stay focused on a goal that's two years away without immediate gratification (laughs) would be very hard. My immediate gratification was today I beat last week's workout.
0: Oh, you can fall in love with that alone and and then almost not want to get into the contest prep. You know what I mean? Because it's it's a passion. It was
1: a scoreboard. I loved having a scoreboard. And then you go, oh, man. You know, and and it was really good for me again because I wasn't great compared to others. I was not great at bodybuilding. So it really helped me to just focus on what I could, and then I'd look up in the mirror and go, Oh, I'm a lot bigger. Cause I would like not pay attention for two months. Anyone who's followed me knows I've worn four XL t-shirts long before I needed to. <laughs> and I just would never really see myself. And then every now and then you'd look up six months down the line and you're like, holy cow. Yeah, We put on a lot of muscle by keeping our head down and, and just working. So, right on, very fun. I know we're going to kind of line this up, but I wanted to suggest it verbally yeah. to everyone is um, let us know in the comments if you guys would be down. But I told Scott before we did this, that maybe it would be fun to do a live version where we could answer questions on the spot. Uh, Scott will have to figure out when that works best with the algorithms of Freaking YouTube, but I'm totally down. And I think sometimes it's easy because I've definitely been there where I've listened to something. I'm like, oh, I would I would want to ask this, and then I forget, or it's hard yeah. to remember. Whereas if we're talking about something on the spot, and I know you've had this Scott, where someone go, hey, on the show you said this. You're like, I have no idea what you're talking. about. I don't about.
0: remember that. It was two weeks ago. I've yeah. done you so know I, three I other shows well, since, right? Well, plus,
1: you got to remember you you were in a in a flow of a conversation in that moment, right? So they could even say something like, there's no way I would have said that. And they're like, oh, yeah. you absolutely said it. And you're like, you know, so you have to know the context. So I just think that that might be valuable for anyone who didn't get enough out of this. Yeah. And if you did and you're tired of hearing me say, you know, then we don't have to do
0: it. No, we will definitely, we should do that. So guys, comment, let us know what you're thinking. Comment with any questions you have ahead of time too. Feel free to comment on this. And I, I want to say too, you know, there can be some um, some like bite back online sometimes about progressive overload, and there'll be like uh, Arnold zealots that come in and they say, you oh, know, progressive overload is, doesn't work, and blah blah blah, and you need to you know do a lot of volume. Volume has been proven. Volume has been proven. All right. I'm saying is that we're not here to sell you anything right now. Literally, that this is this is what worked for Dusty to become an over 300 pound human being. And if you're not over 300 pounds yet, uh, muscle that is, and you've done everything you can do and you haven't tried these ideas, then that's what I, I we really wanted to bring this to you. You know, our channel is all about just trying to educate I want you guys to be the best that you can be. I want you to be safe when you're using gear. I want you to make the best possible gains that you can. So like I said, we're not trying to sell you anything. I just want to show you something that I know could be really beneficial to a lot of you out there. Maybe you already are Phil Heath size. In that case, you're just listening to this for fun. But I doubt you would have gotten an hour in if you're already there because you already know what to do. You know what I'm saying, Dusty?
1: Absolutely. No, I agree a million percent. And that's something that I try to push on my page a lot is this is just what I do. Yeah. And the, this was topic people had asked about. So again, take the pieces you learn from here that are of value, take them, throw the rest away and and find the program that works for you. Because I, I love pointing it out, but I do not suggest everyone trains biceps the way I do, back the way I do. Just find that sweet spot for you. Make sure it's fun. And uh, if you... Do Want to get in on us selling you something? Go to immutant.com, yes, buy some mutant products, we'll save you
0: 20%. Yeah,
1: or reach out to Dusty for some coaching. What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, just my email it's dusty at dustyhanshaw.com. All right, and uh, I send over the questionnaires. The big thing that I remind people is the majority of my clients do not compete. Mm. Uh, I point that out because a lot of times people will ask, assuming I don't, and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> of my clients don't compete. I like people who just have a goal they want to chase, and I don't care what it is, and Harvey is really mad that the guy is doing the bug work right now. Oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I me mean, too. I'll have that- people to reach out and they'll be like, hey, I don't know if you work with non-competitors. I'm like, dude, like, same thing. 80% of the people I work with are non-competitors. So yeah. reach out to me as well, mcnallydiets at gmail.com. As Dusty already said, go to immutant.com, code uh, bigron20 or Dusty20. And of course, true nutrition.com, use our code think over there. Get some car. you're going to need some carbohydrates like highly branched cyclic dextrin if you're going to be doing all this progressive overload. And also mention supplementsource.ca. For Canadians, you can get mutant products there, by the way. And uh, also, uh, thank you to everybody from Patreon. And thank you guys from Patreon for posting up your thoughts on Progressive Overload. We appreciate the hell out of you guys over there. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again here, Dusty, real soon on the next It's Just Bodybuilding and the next It's Just Bodybuilding Reacts. Those things are doing so good, man.
1: Absolutely. We're having a blast.